Ernie, you saved my life. Chloe, when you left me, I was devastated. But I sobered up long enough to become a pilot. With you beside me, I think I could make it work. How about a half hour of pity sex? Is there any other kind? Uh. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode FABF22. It is the episode titled She Used to Be My Girl. I am Dando. I am Guy, and uh, well, we were off to a pretty good start with season 16, weren't we, Dando? Yeah, we didn't like this one. <laughs> it had a few issues, shall we say. Issues that uh, we've noticed in recent Simpsons episodes that I think both of you and I have disliked, but look, I think there was a fair bit to enjoy in this episode. Not the least being the uh, guest appearance by one Kim Cattrall. Thought she did a very good job, a very good addition to the uh, to the lineup. I um I didn't realize it was her until they did the uh, the Sex and City gag at the end. I was like, ah, oh yeah. Which one was the Sex and the City gag? When she me. gave ha- uh, Barney half an hour of pity sex. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I thought that was just a sex joke as opposed to a Sex and the City joke. Well, but anyway, well, I had the uh, the Sex and the City music playing. So oh, of course, which I haven't really listened. I haven't really. You don't did you watch it much. Everyone knows a Sex and the City music. It's been so long since I watched Sex and the City. Or oh, had Sex and the City. No, no. Um, but, uh, oh, I guess that, that slipped me right by. Oh, dear. Really? That's like the obvious one. Man, you're not you're not on fire today so far, are you? <laughs> not really. No, no, no. There's been a lot going on. But aside from that, I like to think I'm fairly on the ball. I mean, I think there was a, there was a bit that I enjoyed in this episode. And as I said, yeah, Kim Cattrall, very good work. But look... <sighs> Now, we'll talk about it when we get to the end, but the end, I was like, well, here are my notes. Wait, what's with this ending? And this ending. What was, what was, the, let me scroll through my notes. What happened at the very end? Oh, not, not the, the SpongeBob thing, it was stupid. Yes, I understand that. The, um, I, the miracle on ice never happening. Yeah, that was kind of odd as well, wasn't it? I was like, what? Yeah. Now, I need to look up because I'm not sure if, um, the miracle on ice, I think, is the US hockey team. Yeah. In the Olympics in 1980, beating the Russians, beating, who were yeah. thought to be unbeatable. I'm wondering if that's what she's talking about, if that happened at Lake Placid. All I really know about Lake Placid is the great uh, Killer Crocodile movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Lake Placid. I'm pretty... Well, let me have a look. Miracle on Ice was a nice hockey game during the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York. Yes. Well, there we go. And what? But Marge has got her feet in a bowl of ice because it's hot? I don't know. Well, she's just came from a volcano, dude. Well, there is that, yes. Did you watch the episode? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> she had to run across the, the fucking lava to get to Lisa. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> well, thank you guys for um for your support so far <laughs> in um becoming new patrons here at Four Figure Discount. As you guys are well aware, I quit my job to focus on this and hopefully make this a career. So all your support so far has been much appreciated. We've got some shout outs for some new patrons coming up later in the show. Uh, also, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to uh, to support us here on YouTube. Every episode now goes up on the YouTube channel. If we get the video going, the video will be going up. Otherwise, it'll be audio only. But I'm going to be doing my best to get videos for all the podcasts we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network, including this, Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, the one about Friends, 
And what else do we do? Tales of Futurama exclusively on our Patreon channel as well. So plenty of podcasts here on the Four Finger Discount Network. And thank you guys for your support. The other show that we do besides uh, Movie Guys slash Sidetrack as well, we do movie reviews, is uh, Guy on Springfield, where Guy and myself go back and revisit an episode from the first 10 seasons voted by the patrons with a poll in the Patreon, in the uh, Facebook group each and every month. But yes, she used to be my girl, not up to the standard set by the last three episodes. Trails of Horror, push that aside, the last two episodes, I guess you could say, of season 16. I still think this is better than most of season 15, this episode. As you said, a good guest appearance from uh, from King Control. Homer, yeah, he's still, I don't know, he, it's like, they, it's weird. It's like they, they want him to be a good person and they just throw it out the window again after. And I'm like, ah, he didn't, why'd you follow that really good, nice, heartfelt line up there with, with this shit? I'll get to that moment a little bit later on. But the Lisa story, the, the only thing with this one that sort of had me rolling my eyes was there's two things. I got sort of sick of things happening and then every scene, not every scene, but most scenes ending with Marge going, like, Marge is A like, lot of- in yeah, this episode yeah a, a scene the, the scene would end with Marge like she's annoyed about everything and yes. we've always we've already had the story of Marge being jealous of Lisa liking another female in her life remember the shut up Becky oh, yeah. so this is pretty much besides the fact that Becky wasn't an old friend of Marge's it's just a similar story where there's someone someone new comes into their life and Lisa looks up to her Marge gets jealous of it uh, hilarity and fights and cat fights ensue yeah, how long since Shut Up Becky? Do you think how many that seasons season, ago was that? That was season ten, or maybe eleven. See, ten or okay. oh no, you were here for season ten. So it must be season eleven. Yep. Yeah, so still five six years. At the same time, I, I think there's always room to. Exp- I think I think it's kind of an evergreen issue. It's an evergreen terrace issue. The um, you wanting your your child to be proud of you, and then your child sort of directs that pride somewhere else. Particularly if it's someone that you knew and someone you were on an equal footing with, and then all of a sudden the game changes a bit. Yeah, but at the same time, to recycle it so <laughs> without without putting too much of a new spin on it or a new finesse on it is a little uh, lazy. Shall hey, we say? Literally last week, you were the guy that said though that when they did the Nelson. Rehash with the with the Marge story. We'll just we both had said. I know it's a rehash story, but so what? I don't claim to be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I never claim to be a role model. <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from, though. But uh, I don't. Yeah, it is a double standard on my part, and I apologise. But it's just yeah. I, I don't know. The, the, it did kind of feel a little bit repetitive in that regard. And I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was. It's it, it's it's very much the hope. It's like. Hey, it's the same old Malibu Stacey, but she's wearing a new hat. Yeah, yeah. Hat in this case is guest star, Sex in the City star, Kim Cattrall. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't a, a fantastic episode, but it still, it was, it was fine. But who knows? Who knows, Dan? as we go through the episode and we pick out bits and pieces that we like, and you know, we remember the good times. We may come to the end of the end of this episode as we normally do, going, hey, you know what? Not that bad. Well, I thought this episode started strong with um with Quimby. And speaking of that, let's get into it. Hey, my favourite. My favourite moments from the episode. I really liked the Quimby baby. Not <laughs> the, the, the Goo Goo Gaga, but in Quimby form, as well as Indeed. Barton Homer's scheme. Just, it's so stupid, but just, I think they just realised how fun the Quimby voice is to do. <laughs> as I've written in it, everybody loves to do Quimby. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, he is my uh, father. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, uh, oh, sorry, you continue with your likes. But no, no, then I go, will... go. What were we going to well, say? Of course, everybody likes uh, Kumbi, but uh, also a return of one of my favourite recurring characters, the 
it's a bit mean to say it, but yes, the bimbo love interest for Quimby. What does he call her, though? He, he gives a particular name. You, you, you fertile idiot. Fertile idiot. Fertile moron or something. Yes, that's Fertile right. moron, something along those lines. <laughs> You're the major. She, she's like the unsung hero for you. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> she is one of my favourite side characters. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Um, what, what else did I also like? What have I got? Oh, yeah. Wiggum. And this lava, I don't know why I'm here. It isn't a criminal and it hasn't hurt anybody. That <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> but uh, but well, yeah, what else did you like? I'm always a fan when Homer is just a, a, a buffoon and a clod and a slob and all that kind of stuff. But when someone calls him on it, he'll always find a, a way to sort of redeem himself. And, you know, when I think when Chloe says, yeah, you threw up on my tumor. I believe it was the school's tumor. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to lose this round. Yeah, one point back to Homer. Who could resist Homer's science fiction sounds when he's, uh, you know, saying to young Marge, you know, I'll take you around the world and outer space. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I've always enjoyed is Lisa's sneaky laugh whenever she thinks he's getting away with. <laughs> yeah, little, little yeah. villain. Yeah. Yeah, always good fun. So, yeah, th- those were my f- most favourite bits from yeah, okay. uh, the episode She Used to Be My Girl. Little sidetrack here with um speaking of uh instruments that belong to the school and not to the person who was playing them. So Nicola right she plays the saxophone. She's playing a thing called a Bijou, I think band. By Bijou, Bijou, something like that. Bijou? Well, she says Bijou. Nicola says okay. Bijou. Anyway, it might be the same thing, just said differently. But it's just like a travelling like like just like a band kind of thing. And um yeah. I don't think it was a school band, but I think she might have rented the saxophone from the school or something like that. And um when she moved to Australia, obviously she Left it behind at, at, at um at her at her house and forgot to return it to where it was rented from, and then like three or four years goes by and mum's like, y- you know that saxophone that you never took back? It's still here. What are you going to do with it? And Nicola's like, oh, take it back and I'm like, oh, give me the f- don't take it back. It's a free saxophone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Nicola's mum um brought it over with her. And now we've got a fucking free fancy like really expensive saxophone. Nicola plays it all the time. Got it for free. Because we just, we didn't take it back. It's kind of like when I rented that video, I never took it back. It's just on a grander scale. She fucking kept a, a saxophone. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Does Nicola uh, slick her hair back, but leave a bit of a mullet uh, and wear tight pants and do the Lost Boy saxophone thing? She does. Oh, she, she, she just does that without a saxophone. Fuck. <laughs> um, no, she does not do that, but I wish she did. <laughs> uh, listeners, patrons, let's, you know, let's start a GoFundMe or something like that to get Nicola to do the I Still Believe uh, clip uh, with the saxophone. I think she should, I think she should do it from if, the Lost Boys. If we can set it as like a goal on, on Patreon. If people listen to our One About Friends podcast, we'll pitch it on there as well. If you want to see Nicola wear tight pants and play a saxophone like the, uh, the Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've had something like that. I mean, to a, to a slightly larger scale, you might say, because back in one of those, oh, let's say, fruitless efforts to try and get fit, Actually rented from uh, some health health care health health care equipment place in town an elliptical machine and the place went out of business and now I've got an elliptical machine in my back room. Was that the one you tell me about that you just covering your laundry all the time and stuff? Oh, kind of yeah, it's broken. <laughs> because, <laughs> but why do you still have it? <laughs> I'm. I'm is this the one you said you're going to get fixed like two years ago and you still haven't got fixed? Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. I just can't be fuck fixing it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm doing hard rubbish and just putting it out yeah. on the um It's 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 for the best. We're doing hard rubbish next week as well, just clearing shit out. It's the best thing. Ooh, when, yeah. when you get that shit in your house where you're like, 
uh, I could get a fix, but you know, it's just hard rubbish. Forget that you had it. It's gone. It's no longer your problem. It's like a laxative for your house. Exactly right. It's the greatest thing of all time. Can you do it twice a year or just once a year? Is it twice a year? I thought it might be twice a year, but it may be just once. Otherwise, you've just got to sort of throw it out there and put a yeah. little sticker on it and say, free to good home. <laughs> we are going to be clearing <laughs> I, some shit. I'm sh- broken, but I still work. <laughs> we are going to be clearing some shit out this week, that is for sure. Next question. You there, eating the paste. It's now time for some trivia, but before we get into trivia, we have some Patreon shout-outs, as I mentioned earlier. Our $20 patrons, if you're a $20 patron, you get a shout-out on every single podcast we do here on the network, not just four-figure discount, all the podcasts we do here. So we're going to kick off with the uh, the patron of the week. All right, Mr. Davis, mm-hmm. who could it be this week? Who could it be this week? I say it's going to be Joel Yoland. Joel, slow your roll, Yoland? No, that's that's a... Joel Jelly Roll Yoland. Jelly Roll? What's a jelly roll? Uh, I just remember there was a jazz musician named Jelly Roll Morton. Um, but jelly, jelly roll, roll, I think. You know how we have those jam rolls where you've got a nice bit of flat pastry and it's rolled the up. rolled one, yeah, like, yeah. Rolled up like a carpet and they put a, they put a, put a nice whack of jam on it. So, and you've got, yeah, a nice little tube that's cakey but, but jammy as well. Mm-mm-mm, that's good roll. Mmm, that's good rolling. So, Joel, Jelly Roll, Yolan. There you go, Joel, Jelly Roll, Yolan, the patron of the week. Also, shout-outs to- Oh, sorry, Mr. Davis. Enjoy your nickname, Joel. Enjoy your nickname, yes. Also, shout-outs to Christopher, Trent Darby, Andrew Zerr, Jordan Molman, Richie, Steamtown Champion, Dylan Haggett, Andrew Zerr, Sally Kimberly, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Denzel Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, George McEnemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Anthony Carpentieri, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, and Heath Appleby. They are our $20 patrons, Mr. Davis. They are indeed. Just going to call you out on something. Um, maybe my hearing's going. Is and he's a top fella, so I don't. I wouldn't blame you for doing so. Did you name Andrew Zer twice? I did for good that? reason because he's a super duper man. It's his fortieth birthday coming out. I thought I'd give him a double shout out. <laughs> oh, you didn't get a new nickname this time around, but you may later, Andrew. But congratulations, happy birthday to you, my man. He also is the man who supplies us with all the audio files for the episode. So round of applause for Andrew, the true hero of this podcast. Um, also, shout-outs to our newest patrons. We've got Kyle Mun- Muldoon. Muldoon, is that the guy from Jurassic Park? Muldoon? That is he Clever Girl? Clever yeah, girl? I think it's that guy. Yeah, Muldoon. Mm, clever, clever Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi, Chris A., Andrew Davis, and Tyler the Destroyer, as well as, oh. as, well as Hank Scorpio and Ian Ashley have upgraded their patronage. And also going to give a shout-out to our $100 patron of the month, Elliot J from the Simpsons Index podcast, as well as a new hundred dollar patron, Talia Lara. And she wants us to do a review. She has selected what she'd like us to review the film Run Lola Run. Holy moly. Talia. Yeah. That's a a great choice. We'll be happy to talk about it. Um, We seem to be attracting new people, Dando. That's all you're going to do is quit your job (laughs) and they want to support you. (laughs) 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 Like, shit, this guy's crazy. We better give him the money. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for jumping on the Four Finger Discount bandwagon and supporting us here on Patreon. Remember, if you can't support us financially, that is completely acceptable. I completely understand. You can also support us just by either rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or you know sharing retweeting a pod uh, a tweet that we put out of the podcast or sharing a facebook post or on instagram or something like that letting others know about the podcast let it know that it exists but yes as i said quit my job this is the focus now and um, we've got so much more time we've got so many podcasts up this week i'm finally caught up on the backlog and um but yeah so all the other shows we do because all the other shows were a bit behind but now if you want to listen to our south park podcast our seinfeld podcast and friends podcast they're all up to date you can find them on all the various channels on our, on itunes just search for them on spotify or itunes you can find those as well and if you like that and you want to get early access to all those shows you're just going to be a patron as well as the facebook group zoom chats with guy and myself every month and prize draws and much much more just gonna be a patron as little as one dollar per month helps support the channel and helps us grow Indeed, and we need all the growth that we can get. We're growing boys. Yes, we're little boys. We need to grow into big men. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, trivia. What what what's your uh, what's your first question? Oh, very very well. I'll start. Mm. How many paternity suits for Quimby? Ah, uh, I want to say it was twenty seven. And you'd be correct in doing so. Twenty seven. Yep. My first question is: What magazine was Homer reading? Oh, you're sitting on the couch. It was just before Chloe arrived. No, nope, you lost me. It's men's fatness, bad abs in six weeks was the tagline. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, my next question to you. Mm. Who is uh, on Lisa's binder? Who's on? Oh, it's the, oh, it's the editor of the magazine, Harper's Magazine. Mm. Li- is it Lionel someone? No, it's Lu- Lewis someone. Lewis Lapham. Lewis Lapham. Lewis Lapham. Lewis Lapham, yeah. He was, I looked it up. He was the editor for like 30 years, except for a couple of years hiatus in the early 80s. But besides, I think it's from 76 to 2006, he was the editor of Harper's Magazine, where a, he left in 81 and came back in 83, apparently. What a tenure by Lewis Lapham. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yes, that's right. My next question is, which celebrities has Chloe had a fling with? Uh, Bill Clinton mm-hmm. and <coughs> Schwarzenegger. And Schwarzenegger, yes. Who hasn't Schwarzenegger had a fling with? He does get the round. He does indeed. All right. What's your next question? Where does Chet shoot wedding videos? Uh, he says wedding videos in Dallas, Fort Worth, mm-hmm. Fort, Fort Fort something, Fort, is it Fort Worth? Fort Worth. Fort Worth. And then yes. he's like, just Fort Worth. Yeah. Just Fort Worth. Same <laughs> gag as when Moe's like, I've got a date with a, with someone from the, um, <laughs> from, from the <laughs> what, what catalogue is it? Sears catalogue? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't deserve the shabby treatment. <laughs> and my <laughs> final question is, who or what, sorry, where do they get the Simpsons TV tray from? Where do they get their TV tray from? It was from Expo 67. Correct. Which was mm. what? Do you remember? I do not. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah some sort of the, like the a, a space sort of like site in 1967. It's hung around. It's kind of like a, um, like a World's Fair kind of attraction kind of thing for about 20 years or so. Is that the New York one? I don't know. I can look that I'm up. I'm wondering if it's a, if it's the Men in Black thing. <laughs> Expo 67. It is the Category 1 World's Fair held in Montreal, Quebec. That's in Canada. Oh, okay then. Yeah, not in New York. It's in Canada. I'll blame Canada for that. I thought the Simpsons had never been to Canada. Lying Continuity's out bitches. the window now, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got any more questions for me? Only one. Mm-hmm. Can we get on with the uh, review? We can do that indeed. All right, that is trivia for <laughs> She Used To Be My Girl. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our full in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, 
as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. The original air date of She Used to Be My Girl was December 5th, 2004. It was written by Tim Long and directed by Matthew Nestuck and guest starred Kim Cattrall as Chloe Talbot, as I said earlier, as we were discussing. Uh, the chalkboard gag, I was glad that we got a chalkboard gag again. We're back it's to having, back. Yeah, back to having a proper intro. Uh, the chalkboard gag is poking a dead raccoon is not research. And the couch gag is the one where everyone goes into the couch and they've all got Moface, which was haunting. Family of Mo's. Haunted. <laughs> Mo- Moface. Oh, my God. What was the episode where, oh, it's the one where Homer tries to, um, tries to like, do the insurance job on in his car and then Mo, he gets sent to prison. Is that the one where, is, and then like he, he sees Mo everywhere? Oh, no, 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 no. It's Flaming Moe's. It's Flaming Moe's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When he's, when he, <laughs> I, I, I knew it was an episode where he hated Mo for doing, yeah, yeah. So it's Flaming Moe's. And just sees Mo, 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 Mo. Yeah. Anyway, so the episode kicks off with Bart forcing Santa's, Santa's little helper to take his medicine. It's, it's very much like this when you get a dog trying to take a tablet. It's like Ali, mm. I know Ali, um, Jet has this talent, right? You can, <laughs> you can get, confusing your son <laughs> with the dog. <laughs> You give, we named the dog Indiana. You give Jet this uh, this tablet in like a roll of cheese or a bit of meat, and he somehow eats the meat and then goes and like spits it out like a pip. And I'm like, how? How do you have this talent? But um, you got out. You got outsmarted by a dog. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's very, very difficult. But yeah, it's oh, feeding animals. It is oh, feeding animals pills, particularly. Yeah, it is a tough, tough job. Yeah, not fun at all. Um, Bart is um. But Bart suggested from, or Marsh suggests to Bart, try some cheese, which he does, and Homer ends up eating the medicine instead. And then Homer says something along the lines of, used to feed me cheese all night, and then came the heart attacks. Yeah, there wasn't very, like, Homer's lines were pretty lame in this, I thought. They weren't exactly zingers. Nah, it was just kind of like, ah, that wasn't even really a gag. But there's a media circus, it arrives, and Homer doesn't know the difference between the media circus and the actual circus. They are the Christian Science Monitor, uh, they've got a flat tire, and they did this gag purely so they can say that God is going to jack us. Indeed. We've, we've had a lot of jacking recently yeah. on in things that we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, we and, did Futurama. And, and, uh, and elsewhere. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> we did, um, for Patreon, we did uh, How Is Other Robots. That's our latest Futurama episode that we reviewed, and there's a lot of jacking on going on mm. in that episode. But Fox News arrives to We Are The Champions because it's, it's a sex scandal, and they're all about that. They're all over it. <laughs> um, and Mayor Quimby is, is in trouble because he's got 27 paternity suits heading his way. Child. Uh, that is not my baby. Uh, where? Raise this as your own. I just loved uh, Cookie Kwan's baby. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> just the fucking. Ba- oh, it just, it just got me. And he gives it to his security guard. He's like, raise this as your own. Guy mm-hmm. puts, puts the glasses on it. Put the shades on. And yeah, I like that the baby had the mayor's baby sash on. <laughs> Marge is then excited to see. Uh, oh, yeah, she hasn't been as excited since Juice was on the loose. But Juice is apparently still on the loose. She's. Ah. Yeah. Quimby then shows the puppy to win back the media and just showing how shit the media is in Springfield. They can be won over with some puppy dog eyes. But then Chloe arrives from the Global News Network and she asks Brockman some questions about uh, the pedestrians that he ran over, but those records are sealed. Basically, she's just there to show what real journalism is like compared to the usual Springfield journalism. And it kind of shows how the people, the, the people in power in Springfield get away with so much because the media just don't give a shit. Pay them off, they're fine. Very correct, very correct. As someone who works in the media, no comment. How much was your former workplace paid to not 
produce stories in the Geelong Football Club? Oh, golly. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Uh, I definitely couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, What's that line from, you know, that show House of Cards? Yeah, that we never speak of again. <laughs> well, yeah, that we're not allowed to talk about either. <laughs> What's that line? It's like, you could, you could say that, but I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marge points out that Chloe, she used to go to her high school. Um, and she was, uh, the kids are surprised. What, someone successful came from Springfield? And then Homer points out the two-headed goat. Then Chloe questions Quimby. Mr. Mayor, you claim to be faithful to your wife, but I have obtained this exclusive videotape. Mm. Come on, baby, read my sash. You're the major? That's Mayor, you fertile moron. I really like Quimby's panic of what she says. I've got the videotape. He's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he shows your favorite character of all time, <laughs> the fertile moron. Does she actually have a name? I think we should, you know. I'm not Christian sure. with something. I'm not sure if... Let's let's, let's look it up then. I don't go there. Hmm. It's Quimby Floozy. Quimby Floozy. Mistress? I'll try, I'll try Mistress. Uh, here we go. Joe Quimby had three mistresses. Miss Springfield, his niece, and Cookie Kwan. Well, that's Miss Springfield then. Yeah, it's Miss... I guess it is Miss Springfield. Yeah, it must be Miss Springfield. Okay. Well, let's go with Miss Springfield. Yes, <laughs> Miss Springfield. That will do. I'm happy every time I see her. <laughs> and hear her especially. As we said, though, Chloe's uh, questioning Quimby on, on being faithful. And it's, it's proof now that he's actually cheating on his wife. Everyone knows that already, though. And then Chloe points out that local media are absolute idiots. And we get Brockman saying that every news report's going to have a car chase. And if it doesn't, the weather girl wears a tube top. And if she doesn't, you get a free pizza. Sounds like my kind of news story. <laughs> it does indeed. You wonder why people aren't tuning into uh, to free-to-air news. Come on. Give us a bit more of that action. Do you still watch free-to-air news? I don't watch the news at all, ever. Like, I read that. I just find my news where I, when I want it online. I don't watch the news. It just seems like I'm not going to fucking read and watch the news when you tell me to. I'm going to be a... I, I will occasionally watch, like, Channel 9... Well, not even Channel 9 news. I find Channel 9 news kind of not great. Seven... If I'm around the house and I've got a remote control in my hand at that particular time, it's like, eh, let's see what's happening. But I will watch the ABC News at 7 o'clock, usually with the lovely Louise. Okay. Just to, you know, end of the day, let's get a bit of a roundup. And, you know, usually after the first two stories, it's like, okay, well, that's what's happening. It's <laughs> it's either Russia, COVID, or inflation. Well, the the, um, the ABC News here in Australia, is, it's like the Frasier of news programs. It's like you feel smarter just for watching it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little more upmarket. <laughs> Marge then seems down, though, that Chloe was a success and she wasn't, you know, um, because, you know, they were, they were sort of on level pegging back in high school days. Mm. Lisa points out, don't worry, Mum, you're, you're a success as well. Look at this chore wheel you built and Maggie has to do the dry cleaning. I've always wondered how, like, those wheels are made, where you got the one wheel on the inside spinning around as opposed and the, the, mm. the big one on the outside spinning as well. Yeah, that does seem like a, <laughs> a feat of engineering that's way beyond my level of expertise. As we discussed recently, I can't even put a floating shelf up, so I'm sure it's easy. I just have no idea how to do it. <laughs> and Homer and Bart have planned a scheme to get some money out of Quimby. One million dollars. Uh, We're now at City Hall. There's a picket line going. Some of the slines say Mare McSlees, a play on Mare McCheese. Uh, say yes to sperm limits, and Quimby, you pay now. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe then offers uh, a question, but Quimby wants it in writing so he can eat it, which he does. Then Marge and Lisa arrive to see, uh, to see Chloe, because they're going down there just to say hello. Lisa admires her. She's very. She always admires women in positions of power. Yes, women who have, uh, yes, 
shattered that glass ceiling. Yeah, especially those who have come from Springfield because it proves that she can actually do something with herself as well. Okay. And uh, Lisa, as I said, she admires her. Marge, she's just a little bit jealous of her, which I would be as well. I mean, if I gave up my dreams to raise the kids and then these kids that I gave up my dreams for started liking someone else for going for their dream, I'd be like, bitch, you're the reason I don't have to <laughs> <I can> follow <laughs> my dreams. <laughs> You're the problem here. You're the reason. Um, she, they invite Chloe over for dinner. And I, I, I will say, though, what were your thoughts on the Chloe character in the sense that I thought she was not a nice person? Very name-droppy, as the, as the episode points out again and again. Yeah, she was uh, a little, as we say in Australia, up herself. Yeah, she wanted to... She wanted to tell herself that she was a nice person and she was accepting, but it was, it all everything always came back to her. You know, Marge says, "Let's look at the slides later." Oh yeah, let's watch my show first, or yeah. you know, I've been talking about myself on it. Let's talk about you. And as soon as Marge talks about herself, it's back to her again. It's always about her, her, her. I get the feeling that she probably thinks it's justified, given that she has done all this terrific stuff in her life. But yeah, she needed to find a way to sort of finesse it, yep. shall we say, and and also. Let other people have the spotlight, even just for a second. It's a lot like this show, Dan, though. I mean, you've got to give me the spotlight every once in a while, man. Come on. I think go for it. What happens next? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe arrives at that, the Simpsons house, time for dinner, and Homer blushes, I saw you on the TV. <laughs> why, why is it that when someone, even if they're not famous, you saw them on TV, you just, you just immediately, you don't panic around them, but you get somewhat starstruck. You're like, oh, it's the guy from the television. Like if, even like with like football players, we sh- I shouldn't care. But if, I, if I'm at the supermarket and there's like a football player next to me scanning his food, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's him. It's the guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's scanning his apples. I remember I was walking down the middle, uh, the main aisle of um, what used to be called Bay City Plaza and now it's called Westfield Bay City in, here in Geelong. Not many people around. And who do I come see walking down dead centre but the captain of the Geelong Football Club, Joel Selwood. And it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like there was a lovely glow emanating from it, even though he was just like in trackies and, you know, a North Face fleece or something. And bandage with blood coming down his face. And, yeah. <laughs> and then he fell over. <laughs> he ducked. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, holy moly, it's Joel Selwood. Wow. <laughs> I remember like- so he's not even like a very popular Geelong player. Like he's the Ruckman. He's Reece Stanley, right, for Geelong. So oh. he's not even he's nowhere near their best player, and he's always in and out of the team. He's, he's he's had a pretty good season this year, but I remember it was a couple of years ago at the supermarket, and we're scanning through the food, and he was in the, the self serve checkout next to me. And I sort of noticed that as I was scanning, I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's Reece Stanley. I'm like, eh. I'm like, don't make eye contact. Whatever you do, don't make eye contact. And I'm like, looked up at him, and he looks at me at the same time, like, Dano. You're not listening. <laughs> stop, stop looking at him. Because <laughs> once they know you're looking at them, then it's awkward. It's like, ah, oh, this kind of... Once they realise that you realise who they are, it's like, ah, oh, no. Well, did you just... How did you play it after that, though? Because that's important. Did you just give a little sort of... Mate? Yeah, I just sort of went, like, whatever. But, like, I felt like... I felt like a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, damn it. And you just know that he went home to, you know... His many fertile morons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> His bed of money surrounded by beautiful ladies. Just like, should have seen this dickhead at the supermarket. Go with the heads up. Thought he was cool. Yeah. <laughs> thought he could say I'd have reached Stanley. Had his shirt all buttoned Why? up. Had his shirt all buttoned up like he was somebody. <laughs> Why 
Why are we dissing Reece Stanley like this? Perfectly nice fella. No, I'm sure he's lovely. <laughs> when I say we diss him, I mean me. I, I, I'm the fool here, not him. <laughs> but I just remember when I, when I thought, all right, now's the time. He's not looking. I looked up and he's looking at me. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> What's your starstruck moment? Your moment where you went, fuck, I didn't think I was going to be starstruck, but I am. I think I've said this on the on the show in the past, but uh, back when I was writing about TV, uh, two of the stars of the television series Lost came out for a promotional tour. One was Dominic Monaghan of the Lords of the Ring, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Which one one's which lovely. one's he? He's Merry. Ah, oh, yep, yep, yep. The blonde guy. Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's Pippin. Pippin. Okay, so more Mer- sort of a redhead. You know how Frodo and Sam are the boyfriend and girlfriend, and then Lord of the Rings, Mary, or the boyfriend. And oh boyfriend. yeah, that guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's the guy. That, that is the guy I'm thinking of. Sorry, but I think yeah, uh, yeah I thought he was blonde. Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, and the other was a lovely Evangeline Lilly. Okay, and you know she was a she's not even still a huge star, but uh, and I like to think I've interviewed some fairly big names, but I was sitting across the table for her, from her interviewing her, and I'm like, dude, keep it in check because you know this is the most gorgeous, charismatic woman I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> up till that point. Um, <laughs> and I was kind of like, I didn't expect this. You know, because she wasn't, she wasn't a huge name, but she was just so charming and, yeah, just had a lot of really interesting things to say and also just dropped out gorgeous. And I was like, dude, yeah, don't turn into, I saw you on TV. Yeah. Evangeline Lily. Oh, yeah, Chaos. I see you talking about now. Yeah. All right. So she was just, she was just all that and, and a bit more? Indeed. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine Guy Davis starstruck. Were you fumbling? When you say starstruck, were you fumbling over your words or were you just like, had to really concentrate? I was, yeah. Guy always brings the A game, but bring the A plus game this time. Yes. <laughs> All right. So where are we up don't, to in the don't episode? Don't rule too obviously, I think is what I was thinking. Oh, so, yeah. Homer starstruck. Yeah. I saw you on TV. That's right. Yeah. So she's come for dinner. Oh, he, that's what he, yeah. She met, she remembers him from high school and how um he's pretty stoked about that until she says, you baffed in my tune. Yes, no, tuba. Yeah, it was the schools, and then he's um he's in love with her kebabs, and she um she says that she got the recipe from she says Istanbul instead of Istanbul. I, I'm assuming yeah. that's how you correctly pronounce it. Yeah, I might have to uh, check with my Turkish friend Ali on that because uh, yeah, I think that's even among Turkish people, I don't think that's how you pronounce Istanbul. We get the the gag. We're throwing the sticks into Grandpa's back. They've done this too many times for it to mm. be funny anymore. But anyway, think about kebabs as well. This reminded me of something because, I mean, you know, you well, think they, it's shish they kebabs. Say it's kebabs as they yeah, say. kebabs. But you think it's shish kebabs. Yeah, and, they're the, and it's all the nice stuff on a stick. But then you also think of kebabs, which in Australia are, you know, rats. Chicken and garlic sauce. Oh, yeah. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> Hot damn. But, but I remember, you know the show The Flight of the Concords? Yes. And how they based you know, yeah. episodes around some of their songs. And there was one where it's, um, there was a line in one where it's like, I'll buy you a kebab, but they're in they're in uh, America, and I think you know if it, if it was a New Zealand song, it'd be like I'll buy you a kebab, as in we'll go to the kebab truck and you know I'll get you a, a nice shawarma. Except I don't think they call them shawarmas in in the um, in the US. So no, they do. Oh well, they've got a plate of shish kebab, and I'm like, I don't think that's what they meant when they wrote the song, <laughs> <laughs> because um the Avengers go for shawarma after the movie in the in the credits. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shawarma, so nice. Yeah, it's, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep diverting from this episode, but I'm just reminded of one of my favourite moments in a Geelong cafe ever, the Great Sam's Cafe, which does the best shawarma 
in Geelong, and I, I'm dare say Victoria. Which one's Sam's? Sam's is in Warrable Street. Up the top? Up the, up, yeah, yeah, near St. John of God Hospital. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's so conveniently located. No, no. Uh, <laughs> you never go to the hospital after Sam's. It's so good. But I was in there one day, and this gentleman came in with his lady friend, and I'll never forget that he said, he ordered for himself and he said, and the lady will have the Mick Schwammer. <laughs> I'm like, what a lord. <laughs> the lady will have. <laughs> He's such a gent. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was it was a bit more upmarket than Cletus and Brandine, but it's, that's what it reminded me of a little bit. <laughs> I just love, and the lady will have the Mick Schwammer. <laughs> What a, what a dude. He definitely calls his ladies love. Oh, yeah. Hey, love. <laughs> oh, what a good man. You don't know who, what his name was? I do not. I mean, it was Reese Stanley. <laughs> Sorry, Reese. Um, no, no, I didn't. And I, I didn't laugh either. I, just, I mean, I was... It was funny, but it was also genuinely sweet. Yeah, I yeah. thought that this guy's looking out for his gal. You're not. You're not laughing. You're not laughing at him. You're laughing at the moment. Yeah, like, I am oh. laughing at the moment. Yeah, but I, I think I allowed myself a little nice. <laughs> <laughs> you did, I want you to try that next time you go order a kebab from the fish and chip shop with Louise there, and just see what Louise's reaction is. And the lady will have a mixed kebab or mixed souvlaki or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might try that. <laughs> I think we all we have this like. So many different words for the same thing. Like, if you go to a shop and you say kebab, souvlaki, shawarma, it's all the fucking same thing, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between a souvlaki and a kebab. I'm pretty sure if you have a kebab in the UK, it's the open bread. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's the shit meat off the oven. It's a, it's a dirty kebab, as they call it. Yeah. I've, I've told the story on the podcast before when I, I, my first night out in England, in Boston, in, in Lincolnshire in England with Nicola's friends, and I was like, I wanted to- Mark Boston Burgess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I wanted to get a kebab on the way home, you know, because it's what you do. You get a kebab after you've had a few drinks, right? And then we get home. I I think I've told you, they gave it to me in a styrofoam box. And I was like, it's fucking weird. Whatever. It got home, opened it up, and it was just like this little mini pita bread, meat in a little separate separate section, and lettuce and some sauce on top. And I was like, Nicola, what's this? She's like, it's a kebab. I'm like, "Uh, excuse me. What, no, the, the, t- what, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, you put. The, I, feel, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You, you put, you gotta put the meat in there. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Are the fucking making it? <laughs> Excuse me, some assembly required. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> uh, we should go back to the episode though. But yeah, Homer's in love with um Probably with sure. um with Chloe's kebabs, as he calls them. Um and. But- <laughs> I'm sorry. I just heard that to the tune of Stacy's mom. <laughs> I know that it is wrong, but I'm in love with Chloe's kebabs. You've lost your mind. <laughs> That's going to be your new song that you sing in the kitchen to yourself. <laughs> um, Guys, kebabs have got it going on. I can't sing okay. that song because my sister's name is Stacy. <laughs> oh, oh no. The, the, no. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Because that's your mom. I know. <laughs> I mean, she's got it going on. <laughs> no, no one would dispute this. Uh, but yeah, as I said, Marge is a little bit jealous <laughs> of Homer. Yeah. You, you know, so, you, we're not getting away from this scene. <laughs> one thing that um that you need to realise, and, and you, you do realise when you've been in a long-term relationship, is that you never say how much you like someone else's cooking in front of your spouse. Especially at the dinner table. <laughs> I remember once I said to to Nicola that I preferred my mum's um, roast over hers 
And I slept on the couch for about six weeks after that. Like it, it was, didn't go down well at all. But yeah, um, Homer makes Un- a mistake. Unlike the roast. Exactly. Yeah. Homer makes a mistake here though of, um, of saying it in front of Marge. And she's not angry, but she's just like somewhat disappointed. She's like, Homer, how could you say such a thing? And um, then she said, she got, uh, Chloe says she got the recipe from, from Istanbul. She was writing a story for Harper's Magazine. And Lisa is in love with uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis Langham. She got him on her binder. Lapham, she has a sexy growl. And um, then Chloe asks, "What you know, Marge? What's been exciting in your life lately?" And she says, "Well, the dog had a uh, an impacted anal gland." I've always wondered why dogs do that because Jet used to do it occasionally, like he just drag his ass on the floor. But see, Jet Jet's got like the skin allergy, so he gets a bit itchy, like in various places. But um, but yeah, when you see a dog do it, to me, I'm just like, you could that could be any filthy. You're wiping your anus on the fucking rug. What are you doing, mm. mate? <laughs> it's not great. No, I mean, you, it's not you, good. You sometimes wonder why you let animals inside your house. You think like dogs, they lick their ass, they lick their fucking feet, they lick everything, lick their balls, and they let them lick you. That's no big yeah. deal. But you find a fucking <laughs> fly, it lands on your food, you won't you won't touch it. No, no, no. But you, I, I would share my food with my dog who licks his anus. Like <laughs> <laughs> double standards there. But yeah, as we said that the um yeah, Santa's little helper's got the impacted anal gland, so hopefully that gets fixed soon. Uh, so he suggests that we can show you some uh, slides from our trip to Athens Boulevard Recreational Centre. And uh, Chloe says, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. But first of all, can we watch my show, The, the Talbot Report? And um, I did, oh, actually, this nearly made my favourite moments. I like the Bob Dylan. So, Bob, what religion are you converting to now? Well, I'll tell you one thing. You won't no more. Shalom. Yeah, <laughs> there was a really good Bob Dylan. <laughs> Whoever did it was too bad. We're not sure who did that, but uh, but Dylan is it's he's a ramble man. He is, and he's he's fun to do as yeah. well. John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. <laughs> That's that's all. That's my Dylan. That's the only Dylan I can do. <laughs> the, the the story from the um from the tablet report shows how Chloe's returned to her crummy hometown, and she's seen all the all the various people she used to know. But Marge stands up for Springfield. She's very proud of being a Springfieldian. Marge. She always mm. has been, and she still is. And Homer says, "Don't worry. We're talking about. We're only here because I've still got this ankle bracelet." And then, yeah, whatever. He doesn't really add much to this episode, Homer, at all, does he? No, he's not a value add this time around. He hasn't really been a value for this season yet. He's had no real mm. stories of substance this season. He's just sort of... The last two episodes have been better because there's been little Homer. That's a very good point. Yeah. The show, the, the, does, the show, does the show need Homer anymore? That is the question. <gasps> oh. That's a... That's a, that's I, a smell, bold... I, smell, I smell a YouTube editorial coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bold question, Dan. Now, let's see how it plays out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, um, we're coming from commercial. Chloe shows the dance that the Chinese government make their descendants do before they shoot them. And then we get a, a, the next scene here where Homer starts doing it. When he was doing it, I was like... I don't know. Don't like, look where this is going. <laughs> I was like, okay then. And even when it wrapped up with a chicken bone joke, I'm like, I know. But yeah, you, were, you, you were making fun of their accent though. That was the joke. <laughs> yeah, don't know about this whole thing. But then it sort of it didn't even really redeem itself. But the whole thing about did you swallow another chicken bone? Same one. Same one. It's, yeah. like, it's not unfunny, but yeah, that whole thing sort of had a bit of the about it. It was also meant to be used so Chloe has an example of patronising Marge saying, oh, you know, you, I, I've slept with you know, these celebrities. You're here with Homer. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a great guy. Meanwhile, he's choked on the same bone. But before that, she says that she'll always be that little girl who wanted to leave Springfield. And Marge is just like, she's getting sick of it here. She's just like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, Stop talking about how 
don't, don't, don't give Lisa this hope that because I think that, that what they're going for here maybe was that Marge fears that Marge knows that Lisa is the only thing going has something something going for her in the family, and Marge has this fear of if Lisa, which is selfish, but she has this fear of if Lisa becomes a success, then she'll be stuck with Bart and Homer. And yeah. I know she wants the best for Lisa, but she also wants Lisa around just so she has someone. Because imagine having to live with Homer and Bart for the rest of your life and not have Lisa around. What you just did was great for podcasts, Mr. Davis. <laughs> that, that's correct. <laughs> You're talking up the YouTube thing. I had to throw the YouTube guys a bone. <laughs> Guy like fell off screen. I'm like, okay, is he actually passing out? <laughs> it was a little visual humor. I should have gone hmm, like, like that instead. Not for next time. Marge points out you might not. You probably haven't got any time to have partners. She's like, no, no, I've had flings, you know, with Clinton and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> She's talking it up like it's a big deal. I'm pretty sure those guys would fuck a crack in the footpath. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. That sounds like a classic Aussie comparison. <laughs> We're not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> They're now doing the dishes, Lisa and uh, and Marge. And Lisa points out that even her serving bowl smells like smells glamorous, and Marge can't believe it. it smells like Christmas and Aspen. Marge then explains, you know, we were actually both stars in in high school when it came to journalism. We were we were a team. We broke story after story, and we broke the story about the cafeteria worker who was spitting in the soup, and it turned out to be Mo. I like the, the what do you think of the title? Sham chowder. Sham chowder. <laughs> um, she explains that she decided to stay with Homer and Chloe, who was dating Barney at the time, opted to go. The, uh, the career out instead of staying in Springfield and Marcia she would have followed her but plans change I like this this felt very real which is when God brought me this wonderful little boy but then it cuts the bar just soaring the television I was like what? <laughs> okay. I, I did like his line though this isn't what it looks like or- this, is, yeah, this isn't what it looks like Marge is then cleaning uh, Homer rules out of the bath that he wrote in Grime the more we go through this the more Homer was just a shit character throughout this whole episode like even at the end of this scene he does something again and it's like what? Yeah, he has one minor moment of not even redemption, but when he's talking about you know the TV tray from Expo sixty seven. Yes, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. The, the one moment yeah. where he actually felt like he had something to say, and then he, they they throw it out the window again. It's just like, oh. uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. Lisa says that Chloe has won a Peabody Award. Marge says, you know, why made the the bathroom small floor smell like lemon? Where's my award for that? And I'm like, that's right, Marge, you deserve an award. Well, I was about to say, given the. You know, terrible state of my bathtub. It's not terrible, but it could be better. Uh, the way that Marge makes hers just positively gleam, I'm like, yeah, you ought to be congratulated to quote an old uh, TV commercial from Australia. Since I've been home, because I finished last Wednesday at work, I've seen just how many fucking dishes Nicola has to do. I, I mean, I've been helping, obviously, since I've been home, but I never realised how often Nicola has to do the washing, has to do the dishes and all this other shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I took you for granted. <laughs> this is a fucking lot of work. Oh, yeah. I mean- And there are no awards I, for it. Yeah. When I go over and see the lovely Louise, who has, you know, three children, the amount of washing, of laundry, it's like it never stops. It just, it's it's like, you, you tip it out and it's just, it never ends. There's just constant baskets of fucking clothes to wash. And I'm like, yeah. I said to Nicola the other day, how in God's name- does a fucking 18-month-old and a just-turned-four-year-old create so much fucking mess in one hour? Like, they come in, and it's just like, boom, 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 just fucking open every fucking toy box, they plates on the fucking floor, there's crumbs everywhere. I'm like, look, it's just like, why bother cleaning up? Like, it's just, no, no. Yeah, it's like- <laughs> 
I, I adhere to Homer's philosophy and it's like, why go out? We're just going to come back here. One of my favourite, so, one of the most underappreciated lines ever. Why go yeah, out? We're so, just going to be back so, coming home later. Yeah, so, so why clean up when it's just going to get dirty? Exactly right. It makes you feel that way. And then the dog's hair, I'm like, dude, do you have to molt? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that not going to work thing work out for you? <laughs> I just went and got COVID and locked myself in a room for a week, yeah. No. I've got one more day left in my isolation. I tell you what, I am starting to climb the walls. But yeah, getting back yeah, but getting back to um to Marge and um and she's she's annoyed that she's not getting an award despite the fact that Chloe's won the, the Peabody award. And then Lisa asks, Can she go out for oh she got she got dinner. She's she's running late for dinner with Chloe. And then Homer walks in, he's learned how to walk on stilts naked, and I'm like What? What what is yeah. this what is the purpose of this character at the moment? Like what is what is this character's purpose? He's really just there to show how rocky the road that Marge took actually is compared to the road not taken. Yeah. I know. Mm. Just But doing it too much. Yeah, yeah just, there's too much bad Homer in this episode. So we're now at the um at the Springfield Press Club and on the sign at the front says we have liberal bias towards great meal deals. Then I don't know who Dan Rather is, but I do know who Tom Brokaw is. Both uh, very prominent American news anchors. News anchors, okay. Um, they've got Ken Brockman's mic, and he's very pissed off. I loved when Chloe walks in, and Tom's like, want to feel my muscle? <laughs> <laughs> Marge then wonders what life would be like if she stuck with journalism, and this is the moment we're talking about. So Homer says, you know, your life is great. Marge, listen to me. Chloe may have a flashy job, but you're the backbone of this family. You're like the electrical tape that holds the two halves of my car together. That's a sweet thought, homie. I just hate to see you upset, honey. You know what would be a good name for Maggie? Chloe. That that, that, that didn't even feel natural. It was just like... No. It was like heartfelt, nice, sweet, and then... What would be a good name for Maggie? Chloe. What the fuck? So so that was really that was really lame. Um, Chloe and Lisa are on their way home. She says um, she's disappointed, but she's gonna have to go to school tomorrow because they're gonna make a pilgrim out of felt. And Chloe suggests, well, you know, I'm going to um to the UN Women's Conference in Capital City. Do you want to come along? She asks her to come, and um, she says, well, I don't know. I have to ask Marge first. I oh, can ask her right now. She's glaring at us from your front lawn. And she arrives, and Marge's got the, the bottle of the well, glass of wine in her hand. How dare you show my daughter a life of fun and possibility? This here. Keep your dishwashing hands off my Armani. I'm like, oh, bitch, Ooh, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, clearly the two levels of um, what would you say the uh, Marge is Marge is more middle class, isn't she? She's working class, and um, and yeah. Chloe is just uh, very famous and rich. Let, let, let's let's say that uh, the Simpsons are lower middle class. Used to be middle class, but um, yeah, who can tell these days with the, in this economy? And I think yeah, Chloe is probably. Upper middle class, with aspirations to being upper class. Marge gives her a good shove. She says, I'll show you the moves that I learned from G. Gordon Liddy. As Marge says, I'm just so sick of your names. And then we get the great fight music and the fight breaks out. Homer thinks it's over him, but it's not over him. Just a a classic cat fight. It's not very often you get to see Marge fighting. Have we ever actually seen her fight? I don't think we've seen her fight before. To the best of my recollection, no. I can't remember her fighting. Um, Like like another woman, just like a cat fight kind of thing. Marge then sporting a black eye and really weird gag here where she gets Shiner Be Gone and just shines on her eye and takes like 15 seconds and it disappears. Why is it so long? Why is it so drawn out? Yeah, I was like, ah, okay, so that's supposed to be filler. Is it supposed to be funny? What is this? 
because I might have had a quick chuckle at the fact that, okay, you know, <laughs> Irish ladies are probably getting slapped around by their Irish dudes and therefore need mm. a bit of, you know, cleanser. Well, that game just got well, dark. Well, that's that's what it's for, I imagine, right? Yeah, I just, yeah, I did, I did even put the two and two together, implying that Irish beat their ladies. I'm always, I'm, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apologies to our Irish friends. Um, I'm just. Rec- uh, I guess that's the game. Well, what else are you supposed to take from that? Now that you've said that, yeah, it makes it makes yeah. sense. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm like not a little, it's true, uh, but yeah, it, it's a false stereotype. But the uh, the quick glimpse of it, you go, oh, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, you know, they make fun of the Irish, like they make fun of everybody else. But then just to dwell on it the yeah. way they did, it's like I'm with you, Dando. What's the point? Margin explains to Lisa that when she has half a glass of wine, she goes cuckoo bananas. Um, she still won't let Lisa go to the conference with um, with Chloe. So Lisa sneaks out and she's having a, a sort of a, a battle of conscience. Do I go? Do I not? Do I disobey mum? And Bart just pushes her off just to make the decision for her. Thinking is for losers, as he says. And she says, thanks for helping me make my mind up. Chloe then leaves the hotel. And we've got this little moment here just so Lisa has a, a way to sneak into the boot without Chloe realising. So we've got Tom Brokaw here trying to chat her up. He uh, invites her to a celebrity racquetball tournament, but Chloe wants none, nothing of it at all. She wants no part of it. And Lisa sneaks in the boot at that point. Uh, Margin says, we have to go because she's working up, working up and realise that Lisa is gone. And then Hamish is strangling Bart for no reason. Literally no reason. Literally no reason. Yeah, that, the, the, the joke is that he doesn't know why he's strangling him anymore. I was like, Tim Long, I'm not sure about this one, buddy. <laughs> Tim, buddy. <laughs> Tight, tighten up, Tim. Yeah. Uh, the boss then calls uh, Chloe and says, no, you need to turn around because Mount Springfield's um, about to erupt. Hello? Chloe, forget about the women's conference. I need you to get over to Mount Springfield. It's about to erupt. Don't we have a reporter who specializes in natural disasters? Yeah, he's busy covering Julia Roberts' last haircut. <laughs> but seriously, he's dead. Now get going. She does the um, she does the U-turn. Chloe then arrives at the, um, well, she says, she calls it not Mount Springfield. She calls it Springfield Volcano in the news story. So what is this? A mountain or is it a volcano? I imagine all vo- volcanoes are mountains. I guess but not yeah. all mountains are volcanoes. But she, yeah, she doesn't say Mount Springfield in a news report though. But yeah, Chet's here, the cameraman who pretends to have experience, but he doesn't. It's wedding videos in Dallas, Fort Worth. No, actually, just, just Fort, Fort Worth. Worth. Lisa opens the boot and she tries to surprise Chloe. She thinks she's going to be at the convention, but actually she's at the erupting Mount Springfield, and lava surrounds them. And then Marge and Homer are walking through the um. Actually, before that, though, she says, now you're a news reporter to, to Lisa. You're going to film me. So, again, it's all about her. Make sure you keep my boobs in the shot. So, again, oh, it's, it's always about Chloe. It's never... I mean, she's she's wanting to support Lisa, but it's also... I feel like she invited Lisa to this conference just to sort of rub it into Marge. Like, look what a real successful woman looks like. I see your point. Yeah. I mean, any good deed is always going to have a, tat, a bit of selfishness to it as far as Chloe's concerned. Marge and Homer arrive at the conference, and the sign at the front says, sexy Asian girls talk about wage disparity. I was like, oh, my. Uh, they can't find the, um, Lisa anywhere, and then Homer says he's growing ashamed of his penis because it's an old women's uh, uh, convention. Damn. They then see the news story, and as Chloe says, this long, dormant uh, volcano is now spewing noxious debris in the air. How male. <laughs> uh, Marsha she's now off the Christmas card list and Homer says Marge that's crazy talk now look I'll save Lisa your place is here with the women Boo! okay you go save Lisa I'll stay here with the women Boo! what do women want they leave to rescue her though 
and uh, Wiggum, he's no help at all when they arrive. So Marge just drives off to, to, to save the day. The grand old splits underneath her. And then we get a discussion about magma. And she's like, you're so clever, Chloe. And I was like, bitch, if I was in this situation, I was like, shut the fuck up. Let my mum just fucking save me. But, uh, but Walter Cronkite, uh, well, she says, yeah, Walter Cronkite told me the same thing. Yeah, even at this point, I think everyone's like, okay, that's the last name. That's the last name we need to hear. No yes. more dropping. Um, Marge, though, I don't know whether this was meant to be deliberate or not, but she saves Lisa and has no intention of saving Chloe. <laughs> so she saves Lisa. And as, um, as Chloe points out, this just anyone about to die. She thinks she's going to die. Barney swoops in because he's still got his helicopter license, his pilot yeah, license. Call, call and so, back. Yeah, and saves the day. Because he's, he drinks now, but he's also sober as well. I don't know. Like, like literally, like last episode, I swear he was like drunk Barney again. He was. He's was learned to, yeah, he's not drunk all the time. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was Moderated his drinking. Yeah, but um, yeah, so he moderates it. And he says, Chloe, with you by my side, I can get I can get through this. I can stay sober. She says, have about half an hour of pity sex. You take that, right, with King Control? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I remember though when I used to watch Sex and City, like <laughs> that that's twice. <laughs> I used to watch um <laughs> I used to watch Sex and City sometimes, purely just so I could sort of try and see naked ladies, because I would have been like fucking thirteen at the time. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, she looks really old. <laughs> like if she's meant to be like the um the slutty, like hot one, but I'm like, isn't she old? <laughs> well, that's the thing, Dan. It was groundbreaking, sexy at any age. Okay, she just, I just remember thinking she's old. <laughs> well, you were 13, dude. Anyone's <laughs> old. <laughs> um, we're now at home, and we've got the news report saying that Marge is now a hero. Well, she got the hero sandwich thanks to our Springfield sub shop with extra charge for warm ups. Homer then chokes Bart for not preparing to care. I'm like, whatever. Okay, mm. then Marge. Knows that she made the right choice in life because she's got the family around her, but then she imagines what life would be like if she didn't um, have a family. And we get the miracle on ice never happening. She screams. Yes. And then we get a really weird SpongeBob bit during the um, during the credits. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the... Um, I understood the joke, such as it was, but the need for it or the placement of it, it's like, why I, like, exactly? I, watched, I watched this and I was like... I'm pretty sure that was a deleted scene for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, surely you didn't go, oh, we've got no way of keeping this in, but we've got to find it somewhere. Let's whack it in the credits. It's just so good. It's gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, all in all, uh, she used to be my girl. Not the best episode. You were right, Mr. Davis. It um, wasn't great. Yeah. We, we did our normal procedure of going through it, yep. picking out bits that we liked, dissecting it. And normally we'll come out going, hey, you know what? Not so bad, but this time, that bad. Yeah, pretty. Pre- <laughs> oh, that, that's so so. Pre- pretty forgettable. Yeah. What do we learn, Palmer? All right. What did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? That lava is not a criminal. It is not indeed. No. <laughs> I learned <laughs> that you? unless you infect your spouse, testing COVID positive is not a successful way to get pity sex. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just locked in this room by yourself for a week. <laughs> 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 you poor fella. It is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 16 for She Used to Be My Girl. The current leaderboard stands at this. Uh, in third position, we have Fergus Jeffs, Adam Vergona, both on two points. In second position, Brian Hughes, Philip Hawkins, and Al Sedanik all on three points. And in first position on five points is D.L. Gorman. Take it away, Mr. Davis. What have we got? Well, right. Let's start with an honorable mention, mm-hmm. shall we? Okay. I was th- I'm not a huge metalhead, but I, I did have a phase where I was very into Iron Maiden for about six months. <laughs> so I liked uh, whoever gave us 
bring your daughter to the reporter. <laughs> Which is <laughs> a bit of a roof on the Iron Maiden song. Bring your daughter to the slaughter. Um, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, props to whoever gave us that one. I believe that was Philip J. Hawkins. Nice one, Philip J. That's just going off memory because I don't think you sent that through to me in your message. Did you? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I did. Did you write honorable mention? Did you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> right, yes. Okay. Cool. Yep. You did. <laughs> what else have we got? Who, what's what's the right. one point four this no. week? All right. Now, better check. Did I give you the one, two, three points? You did. Yes. Okay then. One point mm-hmm. goes to I lava Lisa. I love Elisa goes to a newbie, a new patron, by the way, Kyle Muldoon. Clever Muldoon. Clever Kyle. Yeah, clever so- Kyle. <laughs> clever. Uh, it's, it's not just it's clever Kyle. You're not going to get sick of that anytime soon, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, clever uh, Kyle, well done. You are now on the leaderboard on one point, and you'll be going into the wildcard draw, even if you don't win at the end of the season. Well done. Boom. Announcing your presence with authority, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Well done. Two points goes to News Kid on the Box. Ooh, that is our man, Philip J. Hawkins. <gasps> Fly high, Hawk. Fly high. Nice work. Yes, well done. Two points goes to Phil, all right? And the three points goes to who? Well, you didn't get three points, Phil. Nor did you, clever Kyle. Three points to Broadcast Feud. That goes to another newbie. Oh, no, not another newbie, another person who has upgraded their patronage. So they've increased how much oh. they're going to be supporting us. It is one Heath Appleby. New to the leaderboard so far in Season 16. Well done, Heath. Congratulations. Nice work, Applebee's. Yes, well done, Applebee's. All right, so this is where the leaderboard <laughs> currently stands. Uh, still in third position, uh, we have Fergus Jeffs and Adam Vagona both on two points. In second position, Brian Hughes, Heath Appleby, and Alistair Danik all on three points. And in first position, it's a tie. D.L. Gorman and Philip Hawkins both on five points. Wow. Yeah. Exciting. All right, guys, if you want to be a part of this Guy Davis New Name Championship, you're just going to be a $1 plus patron and support the show. You get access to the Facebook group, find Guy's post each week where he asks for some new names, contribute in there, and if he thinks one of yours is the top three, you'll go into the leaderboard and potentially win yourself a prize at the end of the season. But enough about that, Mr. Davis. I believe it is now time for a My Two Cents story. (gasps) And that's My Two Cents. Now, this one comes from one Lewis Douglas Kavanagh. And so basically the My Two Cents story, guys, is we ask for a, a tight-ass story or you capitalising on a situation for your own financial benefit. Cheapskate story. Yeah. Lewis Douglas Kavanagh, he says, I was once in the casino at the end of a night out, and this big rugby star was in there gambling away, very, very drunk. Uh, we had big stacks of chips and everybody was watching him. A bit too coy to approach him. I was also very drunk. I went up to him for a pleasant chat about the rugby game that day. He said, shut up, mate, and just use these. And he handed me £500 worth of chips. I took the chips, wandered around for a bit, and then went back to him and just asked if he really just wanted me to gamble away all the chips. Like, was he, are you sure? And he said, he'd already forgotten who I was and just told me to fuck off. So I just walked up, cashing the chips, left and bought an Xbox the next day. <laughs> yeah! What a man. <laughs> Lewis, that is a dope story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck this guy. I'm just going to go buy myself a fucking Xbox. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Look, maybe it says heaps about my moral character. I, would have just, I wouldn't have gone back to him. I would have said, thanks, thanks for the 500 rugby star. And I would have cashed out and gone home. <laughs> so, yes, those kind of stories are what we want here on Four Finger Discounts. So if you've got a story about you capitalising on a situation or being a tight ass, let us know. Simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Let us know your My Two Cents stories. 
But we've got some more stories coming up, Mr. Davis, from you and I, because I think it's time for the mailbag. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. First question here comes from Pat Wright. Pat Wright says, this is for Dando. What percentage uh-huh. of people at your high school reunion would know you run four-finger discount? Uh, probably not many, because I'm not friends with any of my friends on Facebook. Like, Are you friends with many of your high school friends from on social media? How many of my social media friends are high school friends? Yeah, yeah. So how many from your high school do you do you have do you keep up in touch with? Not that many. No. I mean uh, Yeah, the percentage of my Facebook friends that are my high school friends is probably pretty low. A lot of people that I know of, like my associates know I do something to do with the Simpsons. They're not really sure what it is. Like especially mm-hmm. the guys I used to work with at Ford, they're like, What's that Simpsons thing you do? Like they had no idea what a podcast is, but a lot of people know. I'll do something to do with The Simpsons. I don't necessarily know it's this podcast. Um, but uh, Mark Boston Burgess says, who is your favorite person to name drop? This one can be for you. Who's your favorite name drop? Who's the one person that you always <laughs> get a kick out of going, I'm going to get him with this one? Oh, golly. There have been a few. Yeah. Uh, because- um, Probably depends on who you're talking to, I guess. But who, who's the one that always seems to get a, whoa, really? Reaction. Well, f- for a while, it was, um, it was Travolta. Yep, Okay. He's a fucking lovely person. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Dando and I have both met uh, Mr. Travolta, yes? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he went the extra mile to make my mum's experience really great. So, yeah, I've got nothing but nice words to say about John Travolta. And for, and for a while there it was Will Smith as well, but yeah. yeah, that's sort of a little bit tainted. Uh, lately it might be Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Yeah, and Tarantino's always a, one, always a good one to drop. Yeah, I, I would love to hear your Tarantino one. I just want to hear you name drop something and him just fucking cruise past it like it was nothing like a drive-by because <laughs> as you said he likes to be the guy name dropping right he likes to be the guy dropping facts correct yes yeah yes. what were you thinking trying to out fact the fact master i didn't think i was trying to out fact i was just trying to like hey bud you know you and me we're not so different you would have been in your absolute element though talking to charity was that was that the one that you were most nervous for do you think i was a bit nervous absolutely yeah i'm trying to think of ones that i've been really nervous about that that may have been it. Have you ever fucked up an interview? Like, have you ever asked a question and gone, "Oh shit, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go"? Have I? I've I've told the story about Bob Geldof, haven't I? You have. I can't remember it though. What what was it? <laughs> the upshot of it was, I was a newbie reporter at a street paper down here in Geelong. Uh, Bob Geldof. This was in the early nineties. Bob Geldof had released one of his solo albums that nobody cared about, and I was given the gig to go up and interview him, talk to him about it. But this is all pre-internet, so we're meant to, you know, get a copy of the CD, the CD, and some notes and all that kind of stuff, but we never got the CD. And by the time, you know, the interview, oh, it's too late, and I you know, couldn't hear it, but I had- Was this in person inter- or over the phone? This was uh, in person. In person, okay. Yeah. So I didn't listen to the album, but I got a lot of notes about it, and I did some more research, and I thought, okay, I've got a good suite of questions here to ask this guy. But being a rookie, and I made a big rookie mistake, I opened up by saying, you know, Bob, you must have a, a big fan in the uh, in the uh, office down in Geelong because someone made off with your uh, CD, and I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to listen oh, to no, it. Oh, no, you didn't do that. I did that. <laughs> oh, said, no. Well, he said, well, what the fuck are we doing here then? Oh, no. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So the rest of the interview I was kind of like, in my head, all I could hear was, shh. Just white noise. I, yeah. could, I was talking, but I had no idea what I was saying. Although I'm pretty sure I Im- imitated his accent to his face oh. at, some, <laughs> at some at some stage. <laughs> 
So, yeah. <laughs> There's name dropping and then there is that story. <laughs> Imitated his accent. That's the best. Um, <laughs> um, Georgie Catherine says, is there someone from your past that you're still kind of jealous of, bitter towards, even though life's worked out? Uh, that's pro- it's assuming my life's worked out. <laughs> um, whose life has worked out? <laughs> <laughs> what exactly show do you think this is? <laughs> no, we're both very lucky. We are indeed. We come from Geelong, so not necessarily many people that I know of have been huge. But Springfield is... The, no, Geelong is the Springfield of Australia, right? <laughs> Australia, yeah. I find it interesting that I'm roughly the same age as Guy Pearce. We both appeared in amateur theatre... In Geelong. And you have the same name. We have the same name. Uh, and, you know, paths cross, you know, not not our paths ever cross or anything like that. I mean, I've, I've spoken to him a few times, but purely in professional capacity. But people I knew knew him and vice versa. And I'm like, why that guy and not this guy? <laughs> but then there are multiple reasons why that. <laughs> and you go, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a couple more questions then. Wrap this bad boy up. Oh, this one could be for you, actually. Andrew JP, who was your favourite journalist, either in print, on TV, or on social media slash podcasts? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, the bulk of my journalism career, I mean, I, I don't know if this is quite the answer that you want, JP, or that you're after. I mean, the bulk of my career was in entertainment journalism, so I was sort of, I was reading a lot of those guys. Um, there's a dude I like named Elvis Mitchell. Okay, I believe I believe he wrote for uh, oh, a lot of papers, but he's got a a podcast called The Treatment that's got the best opening music ever, and he's a very cool dude, very well informed, and yeah, always gets his point across well. Always asks really savvy questions. So yeah, that's a guy I like very very much. Elvis Mitchell. Elvis Mitchell. Mitchell. And right. he's also got just a, a head of radical dreads. He just he rocks the dreadlocks really, really well. Mitch Norman says, what was your f- most, what was your favourite article that you ever wrote? Did you ever keep any of your work? <laughs> it's a sad story. This is, this is a little bit of a sad story. Um, when I first started working at uh, the Geelong Addy, as a regular journalist, not as I mean, I'd been doing movie reviews for a little while up until then, but when I started as a regular journalist, uh, I was married at the time, and my ex and I sort of started a scrapbook of like, well, keep guys' stories. And I think we made it like three pages, and it's like, oh, no, forget it. I mean, not that the stories were bad or anything like that, we just sort of lost interest. Um, <laughs> in everything. Think, pretty much. And eventually in each, each other. other oh, the no, books. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible thing to say. Hi there, Lip. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I occasionally look at them and go, oh. <laughs> uh, I did, but I did keep some stories, certainly. I'm trying to think of my – I was reading over some articles that I – some of the last articles that I wrote over the last few years, and I remember writing this one on – you remember that documentary about Michael Jackson the, with the two – Yeah, we walked through the casino and just buys heaps of shit. Oh, no, the ones no, 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 no. the kids that – yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote a review of that sort of analysis, and I was really – Pretty proud of it. I thought it got the point across pretty well. I might actually put a link to it up online. But yeah, that's but that was one of that was one of my favourites. One of the ones I was really proud of. Uh, final question here. Matthew Ong says, "What would you choose to have as your last meal?" Well, you go first, Dan, because my last meal. If it's going to be definitely my last meal ever, it could be. Mean, do you reckon if it's your? I don't know how it works, but if you, your last meal can it be as big as you want? Like, what's the rules around your last meal? 
Having never been on death row, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's assume it can be whatever you want. I'd want Nicholas Rosotto, my mum's roast beef, a bit of my mum's roast beef with some scalloped potatoes. I would want uh, some KFC chicken tenders. <laughs> and for dessert, I would want some profiterole filled with custard. What about you? I would like um, a nice big scotch fillet cooked medium rare, uh, but mostly rare, mashed potatoes, peas, and for dessert, banoffee pie. You love your banoffee pie, don't you? It's I go- love banoffee pie. Banoffee pie. Is there like a particular favourite of brand banoffee pie that you like? Like, can you no, buy it, no. Can you, can you buy it from like a? a is it frozen or how do you how do you? Get I, it? I think it's I think it's one you have to whip up yourself. Yes, you whip up yourself, or maybe like a cafe yeah. might have some or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I <laughs> it's going to sound very snooty, very caddyshack like, but uh, we were down at the Bowen Heads Golf Club where my mum's a member, and. You pay them a certain amount of, uh, every year to um, to be a member, but as part of that, it's like, well, you know, you're entitled some, to some dinners down here, and if you don't actually use them, well, you know, you've just thrown that away. So mum's always like, we've got to go down to the golf club for dinner. Yeah, K- kill a banoffee pie, and they and they had banoffee pie on the menu one night, and I'm trying to like, I'm not, I'm never eating anything else but this. This is <laughs> so good. <laughs> So, yeah, if I, if I could get that particular banoffee pie from that particular instance, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I think I could enter my house justified if I had just like a, a nice rare steak, some really creamy mashed potatoes and some delightful green peas. Okay, then. All right. Well, that is our review of She Used to Be My Girl. Thank you guys for sending in your <laughs> questions. Remember, if you have a question or us, a message for us, you can contact us for anything. It's simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Please continue to rate. Oh, sorry. Yeah. If you need a lift home. Yeah, you know, let us if, know. If, yeah, if you, you know, need someone to come and get something off a high shelf. Yep. Yeah, happy to help. Um, don't forget, guys, we're going to be doing the Discord. We're going to be launching that later. Uh, in, probably in early September, we're going to launch the Discord for, for everybody out there and just getting sort of a head around a few things, a few aspects of, of Discord. But that's coming as well. So look out for that being linked on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot and Facebook. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. And check out our other shows if you haven't already. They're all up to date now. So you've got Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, the one about friends, as well as Tales of Futurama, which is available exclusively on our Patreon. So if you do want to support Support this new venture I'm making, quitting my job and following this passion. You can do so by becoming a patron, get access to that show, as well as Guy on Springfield, where we go back and review a classic episode from the first 10 seasons each and every month voted by the patrons. Also, please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It lets other people know when they go looking for Simpsons Podcasts, hey, these guys say these guys are pretty cool. So maybe I'll <laughs> check them out. Um, but yeah, so uh, we are one of only a couple Simpsons Podcasts that have stuck it out this long. Uh, there's, there's, I, I realized this week how many Simpsons Podcasts there are now. When we first started this show, there would have been maybe less than five. I reckon there's 50 plus now. There's so many Simpsons Whoa. podcasts. The Simpsons, no, sorry, the, the, the podcast market in general is just very oversaturated now. It's hard to stand out from the crowd. But I think one thing that we have above most people um, is the fact that we are in season 16. So we've, we're, we started a long time ago. We're way ahead of the pack. And we didn't just get to season 10 and just cancel. We are true Simpsons fans here. And we're going to stick it out to the end. And uh, we're going to put some pretty cool... Interviews coming up, lined up with um, with cast and crew, so look out for those as well in the coming weeks, closer to when the next season launches. That's when we're going to be reviewing, uh, sorry, interviewing some of the other uh, cast members and producers and whatnot. Um, pretty big names going to be coming out your way very, very soon. But yes, like I said, 
If you want to support the show, uh, you can do so by becoming a patron, patreon.com slash discount, or you can just retweet our tweets, let people know that the show is out there, and hopefully that can support um, us as well. But this has been our review of She Used To Be My Girl. The next episode is titled Fat Man and Little Boy. Sounds like a superhero episode, but I don't think it is, but we'll be checking that out next week. Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? You're the Dando? Shh.